0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: believes that in the right set of circumstances, they can turn something around. Oh, if I was just a year away from finally having it happen and all come together the way I wanted it, Mm -hmm. don't you think most coaches feel that way? And so they see the one team that allows a head coach for sure, and most of his coordinators most of the time to do that, and to have that runway, they're probably jealous of it. And they speak of it in in admiring terms. I don't, though.
2: They're the only guys I can think of in the Tomlin era who were first-round picks who they almost conceded like, yeah, this was a bad pick two years in. Burns? Burns is one. Burns was the 25th pick in the draft. He started every game his second year on the 17 team that won 13 games. And then he only started six the next year. So they had made him into more of a rotational third corner by then.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You're talking another first-round pick that they just more or less said, eh, no dice.
2: And then the other one, and it's not only two years, but if you look at Jarvis Jones, Jarvis Jones was a backup because he was blocked his first couple years then he started his third year all 15 games and then he started only 9 the next year but still i mean they they gave him
1: they gave him chances they gave
2: they gave him more than one he showed nothing bad for year. 2
1: years to to warrant i know you said he got some starts 11 starts he was listed in his first 2 years he just didn't show anything, but they kept trotting him out there. They were, I think, because the guy was able to play a position where maybe he could have blended in a little more. I mean, they gave Ziggy Hood a decent amount of runway before in his final, yeah, so his final season. He among, only started half the among games. Among
2: first round draft busts, to Wani's point, if they were to demote Pickett to backup,
1: that'd be quick. By it their would standards.
2: be, it would be almost unprecedented. And I think Tomlin they would era. be,
1: and I think they would be far more. Uh, inclined rightly or wrongly to look at quarterback as a position way more deserving of runway compared to a corner a defensive lineman, an edge rusher. They'd be even more patient with that. Probably let's be honest here. They'd be even more patient still because the guy went to pit and there is organizational scar tissue from having not selected Dan Marino. That, that has nothing to do with like, uh, pit Pitt. you know trying to take a shot at Pitt or anything here they just know who the other guy was that they didn't pick not pickett's fault that he's this guy right now but they're going to say come hell or high water we want to make damn sure that worst case scenario the guy really can't play because you know what'll look even worse than drafting him and him not being good drafting him giving up on him seeing him go somewhere else and start to randomly flourish okay so
2: it's to a much lesser degree but that's pretty much exactly what you described is what happened with Kevin Dotson this year. They completely. discarded Kevin Dotson like he was uh, just a completely disposable player. We signed our guards. Taking we, the trash out here. We're good. We don't need him. He's he's like a third-string guard after he was a starter for us. Please take him off our hands. And I tweeted this today. CBS Sports has him... As the 13th best offensive free agent, they have him rated higher than Baker Mayfield among players available
1: in free agency. Steelers say we've shored up our line in free agency. James Daniels will be moving over to center and so, to replace him at right guard, Kevin Dotson. I mean, it's
2: it, it, it's not apples to apples, but still we just had that happen where they gave up on a guy probably too soon and he took off somewhere else. The other part of what Wani said that I wanted to get back to, yeah, he said, and Aditi said this to us yesterday, he said, I know they like Pickett a lot. I really have a hard time with that one. Because if they really liked him a lot, why would they even put the
1: competition thing out there? Could you say, could, can I split hairs and say they like him a lot, but they are they're not blind, deaf, and dumb, and they understand he did not play well enough this year? I don't think both things can be true. Well, don't you think it can be for quarterback where there's supposedly more of a learning curve? And it might take a guy, in their minds, especially with the way Wani just said they view draft picks, especially first-rounders, it might take them three years, where it becomes really bad to me, by the way. But they didn't
2: draft Kenny Pickett to be a project, Chris. That's exactly what They drafted him in, say. in his mid-20s after he played pro five ready,
1: years at Pitt. They, they touted his pro-readiness his ability to hit the ground running faster than anybody in the class of quarterbacks in that year, and to treat him this way would be a tacit admission of failure. He was supposed to be, by year two, a polished product. Like, if you really thought the guy
2: was going to need time, if that was really how they felt with him coming out of college, Mm -hmm. then when Trubisky failed... Kenny's rookie year they should have turned to Rudolph at that Correct.
1: point you would have well if you thought he really needed time he'd have been your third stringer and wouldn't have even dressed yeah which would have dro- driven me cr- nuts you spend a first round pick on a guy who's 24 or 20 whatever three years old 24 years old he's old for his class he played five years and now he's not even active I mean I'm, a lot of Steelers insiders thought that was going to happen remember well, On a training and, and camp, they like, what yeah,
2: Kenny's going to end up being the third-string guy. And remember, it was like a big
1: deal. It was big news. Oh, he jumped right over Mason Rudolph. And a lot of – maybe I'm putting words in people's mouths, so I'm not going to name one person specifically. I think a lot of them still feel like the team erred by not doing that. Oh, they put him in. They thrust him into the lineup. They probably waited. They didn't wait long enough. What are we talking about here? A 20 – like that old, that experienced in college, and he needed to be handled this Donnie, way? Donnie, how
2: old was Mahomes? His rookie year, when he sat behind Alex Smith until the very last game of the season, coming out of Texas Tech.
4: I mean, if he's only twenty-eight right now, this is age
2: twenty-two season. Yeah. So he was so like being a senior in college, and said he spent redshirting
1: at the NFL. So
4: he turned because that was what twenty seventeen that season. He turned twenty-two.
1: He turned twenty-two in week one or two of that year. He's September seventeenth, baby. 1995 so he would have st- they drafted him at age 21 here use another example if you're really going to treat a guy like a like a project at quarterback and sit him for a while again makes more sense if that quarterback is Jordan Love and when you draft him he's 22 years old or and he's seen as a project and or then he they does sit for two years
2: or they could have done which I wanted them to do in this draft there's tweets to this, to this uh, extent instead of drafting Najee they should have traded up for Fields, picked him, had him sit behind Ben, and then turn things over to him.
1: Do you think they had concerns about a quarterback being drafted like that, even to deliberately sit behind Roethlisberger? How Roethlisberger might react? I Given think it, the way Mason turned out,
2: maybe a little bit, but I think it was honestly more about let's try to go let's let's try to go out with a bang and try to win one more time with Roethlisberger and not think about what the bugs, future.
1: What bugs me is, as great as Ben was in his prime, they had to see what was around them in the AFC and know that with that version of him, there was no amount of good team building they could do that was going to make him a serious contender. You say
2: that, Chris, but we were on an island. There were so many Steelers fans who thought, if you just get an elite running back in here, this team can really take off
1: and go oh, places. I know. Steelers media told me I was foolish to poo-poo the Najee Harris pick. And then what happened with that team that they tried they dragged to the playoffs? Who'd they lose to? How much they lose by?
2: They lost by three touchdowns. Or no, you're talking about the the, the Brown? No, yeah, the no, no the, the the Mahomes game, game yeah. yeah, Mahomes thing. And they gave up like five touchdowns we've, in five minutes.
1: We've got an update from Paul Zeiss. We asked if he knew who Lil Dicky was. That is some junk. My son Isaiah listens to, and he tries to tell me it's better than the music of the '70s and '80s. And I say, Earth Wind and Fire's been touring since '72, and their music is played on radio stations every day. When we hear Lil Dicky in 2070, come and talk to me.
4: (laughs) That's a great answer. And then how about the follow-up he had whenever I mentioned that? (laughs) I, I said that Elijah and Isaiah are probably fans. He said
1: they are, especially Isaiah, who grew up in North Allegheny but acts like he is from Compton. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: All right, it is time for our weekly chat with Steelers Insider from the Post-Gazette, Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, I'm going to start you with a game. we have Ray? Ray, you there? I am here. All right, I got a little game for you to start. All right. I'm going to give you a position, and then I want you to tell me if the Steelers' week one starter at that position is on the roster right now. Okay?
3: Okay. Quarterback yes
2: center no right tackle yes starting cornerback opposite joey porter jr no third wide receiver no all right Mulsey, which one do you want to circle back to here
1: well ray i it's funny that pony asked you the question that way because i was just going to say we've talked a lot about quarterbacks Taking that off the table, because it probably isn't even their top priority anyway, of their needs, what do you think organizationally their top priority in the draft is, specifically?
3: You know, I mean, it's got to be defensive line, and it's not an easy problem to solve, guys. Um, You know, you got the situations with Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. I think both those guys are coming off subpar seasons. Um, you know, Cam, there's a big reason why we all know it. He was injured. Even when he came back, he was less than 100%. Um, but you have two aging players there who have dealt with major injuries here over the last couple of seasons. So you got to get younger there. Now, do you do it through free agency? There are some big names there. Christian Wilkins out of Miami. You know, you're not going to get Chris Jones. But there are some big names among the interior defensive linemen, DJ Reader, guys like that. You could upgrade in free agency. You could also do that in the draft too. So when I look at it, when the importance of interior pass rush, um, you look around the league. Look what happened in that Super Bowl with Chris Jones. Um, you know, every good team in the playoffs had somebody who could affect the pass rush and push the middle. And the Steelers just didn't have that last season. So I got to think, one way or the other, whether through free agency. Or through the draft, they're going to try to upgrade there.
2: So, does that mean Ogan Joby gets cut?
3: I don't think so, because when you look at it, guys, if you cut him this year, I think it's uh, the dead cap hit is like seven point six million dollars. So
2: then, where does was- that big name? If it's not, it's not going to be Jones, you said. But where does that big name defensive lineman play if you sign? Yeah, on? I
3: mean, I, I just think reduced role for Cam. You know, last year was contract at that Ideal- price.
1: Yeah, how do you do no, a no, reduced no. role? Okay, so yeah. he's got to take a significant haircut. For I don't that think to, he will happen. I don't
2: think he will. Ray. I think,
3: I, I think you could do the Ben Roethlisberger haircut with him. Get that cap number down. Take a pay cut, and Cam comes back at a reduced role. Ogunjobi doesn't have to play every, every snap either. And that's one of and the worst bring,
2: contracts in football. If that's the case with him,
3: well, listen, it would make more sense to cut Ogunjobi um, after the twenty twenty four season. That's when all your big money on your D line is going to be off the books, guys. But in the interim, you got to make best. You got to do make do with what's what's on your roster, and you got to add to it. So that's what I'm saying. When when Andy Weidel's in Philadelphia, they rotated like eight linemen. Yeah, he did. I think you got to I think you got to throw numbers at it, and it wasn't good last year. Well, they
2: threw a third round pick at it, and the guy can't even get a helmet on Sundays.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that that's probably the most disappointing aspect of this and we've talked about it a lot the marvin layout is a tweener um they kind of used him in that role as a rookie moved him around the front this past year um you know i after the first four or five games of the season he didn't see the field much at all so i, I don't know what his role is going to be mo- moving forward but um um he'll have one more chance to get it right this year if not they're probably going to have to move on from
1: him. another draft question take out defensive linemen, if a corner and an offensive tackle that they have rated basically the same on their board are both available at num- at pick 20, who do you think they would take?
3: Corner, 100%.
1: So they don't hold – so, okay, Ray. Well, he said they're starting right tackles right. on the so roster, they, they so that means yeah. Broderick Jones? Is that Jones so, no. or is it somebody else? They swing him over to left and then s- slot somebody else in.
3: That's the luxury that they have, guys, because Broderick Jones can play both sides. If they draft somebody that they have a high opinion of, um, it doesn't have to be in the first round. It could be in the second round. They can bring that guy along slowly. Dan Moore can play left tackle for half the season like they did with Broderick Jones. Then you move Broderick Jones over and you slide that guy in when he's ready. So that's – that's what I'm talking about I'm there. Just That's ready i ready for was Broderick
1: speaking. Jones to play left tackle I, now. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to – you probably heard the audible sigh there. The idea that you let Dan <laughs> Moore play a position where he is clearly not the best guy on the team to play it. At the it, most important position right, on the I, line. I just This idea that we're going to keep Dan Moore doing Dan Moore things is very uninspiring to me, Ray.
3: Then you're locked in the draft drafting a right tackle in the first uh, well,
1: round. Well, we're signing one. Well, frankly, I'm okay we're, with that. If they take Amarius yeah. Mims and they got two Georgia guys bookending the line for the next decade, I will be a pretty happy okay. camper.
3: Okay, Chris, Amarius Mims. You know how many college starts Eight. he has on his resume? Eight. Very good. You, you've been doing your homework. I'm impressed. Um, that, I mean, that just that is a clear sign that he's not going to step in and play right away.
1: I'd rather. Okay, to, Jones, to answer your ready. question, though, I would actually, I would actually be more okay with Dan Moore playing right tackle where people thought he would play, and having to switch positions okay. in the off season to allow an Amarius Mims to get up to speed. I, I hate the idea yeah. of Dan Moore continuing to play left tackle.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think ideally, Broderick Jones is your left tackle day one next season. The only issue I have is, you know, Mike Solomon has been on record saying this, Dan Moore is much better on the left side than he is on the right side. So then it just comes down to doing what's best for the other 52 guys on your roster, what's doing best for your football team. And if that means Broderick having to play out of position for another four games, six games, whatever it is, that's probably going to happen. So it's not all about, you know, what's best for Broderick Jones. It's about what's best for the football team. And, for whatever reason, and eventually it's, it's going to mean he's not on this team after after next season, but eventually Dan Moore's going to have to have some position flexibility. He's going to want to stick in the National Football League. You just can't be a below-average left tackle and expect to, to stick around and continue to, to play in the NFL.
2: Ray, you said that you don't think the starting center is on the roster and you don't think the starting wow. corner opposite Porter is. So does that mean you think Mason Cole and uh, Patrick Peterson are getting cut?
3: Um, it, it's hard to say. I, I think ideally, I think centers are easy. You could draft centers first round, second round. You could plug those guys in. Like a Zach Frazier would be ready at number 51, I think, to step in and start if you can get him. Obviously, Powers Johnson ready to step in. Um, you know, even a Graham Barton out of Duke, even though he hasn't played center since his freshman year, I think there's, High opinion of him that he might be able to do that. So I think there are enough centers in this draft. If they get one in the first or second round, they could do that. Um, I just look at the money you could save on Mason Cole, six million. Um, listen, maybe there's some kind of re- rework contract there where they say, "Hey, we want you back, but you know, we don't want you back at you know the money that's currently on your contract." I, I could see that happening too, but I just think it makes Peterson? too much sun- I, I just don't think they can afford that $10 million cap hit for an aging corner who can't play outside anymore, for like a guy who's, who's maybe going to play slot, who's maybe going to play safety, maybe play 60%, 70% of the snaps. I don't know how you justify a $10 million cap hit when you do that.
1: How is Allen Robinson still on this roster, and will he be uh, in the next couple of months?
3: No, I mean, that's, that, that's a no-brainer. I don't know why. They didn't cut him loose with a core four and those other guys, but they're not going to keep him for a $10 million cap. hit. That's uh, actually that's a $10 million savings. That's an $11 million cap. hit. They're just, they're not going to do that. That's why receiver is such a sneaky need for this team. So I was going to say
2: another guy who's not a third round pick, but he's close. Like Calvin Austin fell off the face of the earth this year. Ray. Yeah. What a disappointment yeah, he was.
3: You know, I think a lot of that pony was misusage. Um, and I know I mentioned this early in the season, but they had him outside, like running, you know, fade patterns and, you know, trying to body up on corners. That, that's, that's not how he would fit. So maybe with a new OC, um, you know, they could find a better way to use him. But even if he does, um, come onto the scene a little bit more this year, I don't know that he's a number three receiver. You need a legit number three receiver to come in here during free agency and you need to draft one too. A guy who can develop and eventually take over for Deontay Johnson. All right,
2: Ray. This was fun. We'll do it again next week. Thank you.
3: All right, guys. See ya.
2: Man, hearing Broderick Jones opening the season at right tackle I, just it makes pisses my, me off. It makes my blood boil, man. Because it just, it sounds like it's the Kevin Dotson thing all over again. Well, no,
1: they're taking advantage of the fact that he's Playing obviously their best lineman. They're and they're patching over a prop. They're creating extra problems. Just play him at left tackle. Like in what universe? And tell me if I'm being insane here. In what universe insane does it in make in the membrane you like yeah. that one? In what universe does it make sense to say, "Well, he's our best left tackle, but we're going to have him keep playing right tackle, so our crappy left tackle doesn't have to move over to right tackle where he can't even apparently get out of a stance"? Donnie,
2: do you know that song, "Insane in the Membrane"? I've heard it.
1: Can you name the artist?
4: No. Okay. The Can Village you- People. Not Little Dicky.
1: No, it was actually Elvis Presley. It was one of his early hits.
2: It's time for TRT, Total Request Thursday. We ask you to pick the topic every Thursday at 5.30. If you don't like it, look in the mirror and blame yourself. Yeah, we gave you four options today. Justin Fields, good sportsmanship, Penn's problems, and McAfee media feud. Runaway winner, just like his style of ball, Justin Fields, 45%. Good sportsmanship, nice, cute, whippy old basketball story of good sportsmanship
1: got absolutely slaughtered here by our listeners. 5.5%. I think Starkey had the uh, mother of one of the players involved in the good sports story on, Uh, and I think she thought she was talking to Mike White who wrote the story. That's funny. Donnie, is that how that went down? She thought Joe was Mike White?
4: Yeah, she she called in. I, I also think that she was under the impression that the, the same person like on the air was the one answering the phone. Oh, she because she she called in. I answered and she said, you're the one who wrote the story about my son and which put me in a, a very confused spot because the other thing today. Well, we can't, had to happen
2: well, Yeah, You had to go in and start at one.
4: Yes. So I was unfamiliar that Joe had even touched on this. So you're really in. So blind. L- luckily, she did say like her name and like whose yeah. wh- whose mother she was. Well, that's
2: all we can say about this story because people don't want us to talk True, about it. More. Good
1: point. I mean, I'd
4: like I to heard keep that, going
2: on about I, this. Please, well, Chris. I heard
4: that Greg Giannotti
1: and Boomer Esiason, of WFAN in New York, the biggest morning show, really the biggest local radio show in the United States, they talked about. Pat McAfee's media war, but again, can't say another word about it. It only got twenty five point seven percent of the and vote. And I know Jeff in South Park's listening, and he'd love to hear more Penguins talk, but sorry, <laughs> that's that's off limits here. Good old Jeff,
2: he got his licks in. All right, so we got to do we got to do fields. I have two fields things here. I have another report about the Steelers' interest. I have somebody who's now making literally, I think it's $10 million to talk about football on ESPN, chime in on fields and give an opinion on how fields to the Steelers would work or not work. So what do you want first? You want the report, Donnie, or do you want the very, very rich, very, very accomplished ESPN personality linking or talking about how fields to the Steelers would go
4: let's go with the latter first okay
2: Mm. so this is Mina Kimes
1: 10 million a year
2: yeah she got huge money she just get re-upped I think it was last year late last year that's Stephen A money congratulations on all her success right I I like her work you're not a fan no I've I'm I'm coming around oh I am oh wow yes she's growing on me oh good she she said I thought unnecessary she took low low blow cheap shots at Ben That dropped her in my book. Uh Now she's up to like 8 out of 10. Hold on, though. For takes. She
1: thinks that PFF got it right with Garrett over what?
2: Down to 7 out of 10. Oh, just 1? Let's see if she can get back to an 8 with her Justin Fields take.
4: Mm. There would be... Excitement if they brought in Justin Fields. And I would argue it'd also be a good fit with the personnel they have. When the Steelers hired Arthur Smith to be their offensive coordinator, one thing that I noted was the success that they had last year in the second half of the season running the football with two, three tight end sets really reminded me of an Arthur Smith offense. So I thought that marriage made sense. And now that you have Arthur Smith running the show, you think about Justin Fields in that offense, and I go back to his year with Marcus Mariota, not this year, but the previous year, you already have proof of concept that with a dual-threat quarterback, he can call an extremely dominant run game, and of course, they're joining a Pittsburgh team that's already good at running the ball. So I like the fit. I like the personnel, how it matches up. You'd still want him to progress as a passer, but I think there's a lot of upside there for Pittsburgh.
2: Donnie, let's fact-check Mina on one thing there. She said that in Atlanta with Mariota that the Falcons had an explosive rushing offense. Can you look up where the Falcons ranked in rushing in 2022. She sounds very intelligent. She is I think carved out a niche as the one female voice in football who does the all 22 and knows like the intricacies of ball if you will. The X's and O's. Are you
1: talking about the part where she said they had a lot of success in two and three tight end sets? No, no. She just said, with Marcus Mariota, we have proof of concept uh, that their rushing offense was dynamic in
2: Atlanta two years ago. And I'm seeing if Donnie can get me the rushing stats from Atlanta that year. I have
1: them. Would you like to? Well, I didn't want to step on Donnie's toes, but uh, they were the third-ranked rushing offense in the league by yardage and fourth in yards per attempt. Okay, so she's right. You doubted her, though. Clearly.
2: Well, a lot of people— What's your middle name?
1: Thomas, a lot of people might just
2: blow smoke out of their ass. She clearly doesn't. She knows what she's talking about. She gets a lot of things right. So we've seen with a very mobile quarterback, I would say Mariota was drafted to be what we think think Fields can be. So she thinks that he's a guy that from a style standpoint fits the Steelers' offense perfectly. Do you know who led the
4: league that year? In... Rushing? Team rushing.
1: In 2022. Uh, uh, Ray? No, the Bears because of Fields. Bears.
2: That's right. Donnie's on it, man. Donnie on the spot. So I would think a lot of these Steelers fans that still believe in
1: running the ball and playing defense would be just salivating for Fields. Gaga over it. Yes. Well, he does make Smith's offense better in the sense that you would think Smith's playbook opens up even more because of that capability. You call way more boots, way more play action. It should make running the ball at the middle easier because everyone's worried about the boot. Yep, there's a linebacker who's got to spy fields on every yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're lightening the box because of that linebacker having to worry about it. I would also think, and this is more anecdotal, this isn't, much, like you know, me... Going way deep into the numbers. Anecdote away. Storytell away here, Mulsey. But wouldn't you think if you get Fields into more situations where the defense has to honor the run, that if you're in just a better offense for him than he was running in Chicago, that it's going to help his passing accuracy if he's got a lot more comfortable sort of pitch-and-catch style throws? I think it would have...
2: Two years ago, if his offensive line was better at pass blocking and if they had wide receivers who could
1: actually but play. it was a mess around him. Yep, it really was. He had, it, that line two years ago was just atrocious in Chicago. All right, so that's Mina Kimes on fields to the Steelers. I thought th- when you said ten million dollars, I honestly just assumed Stephen A. No, Mina Kimes. Stephen A. talking on about her success, fighting animals in a coliseum and stuff, and about his first heartbreak
2: and things like that. He's really going into Do you.
1: Ca- I. Just as an aside, I, I like kind of like the Stephen A, like branching out into just, you know what? I'm kind of a brand and a lifestyle unto myself. Do you want to know what Stephen A thinks about grilled cheese? You're going to find out on this. Like, and I if- think somebody asked him the other day
2: better appetizer at a Chinese restaurant, crab rangoon, or like
1: those pot sticker things. Well, there's a very famous tweet somebody made up, a hypothetical Stephen A crab rangoon tweet. Did he answer? He did. I think he said rangoon. He, do you ever see that setup? It's just him with, like, a computer yeah. on the plainest desk ever just sitting there talking. Giving out
2: takes. It's just great. I love it. All right. This is from the guy that goes on the morning show all the time, PFF Brad. Come on. Get his last name right this Spielberger. time.
1: Spielberger. Yeah. Was
2: on the Yin's No Ball podcast. And now he is based in Chicago. I didn't know that about Brett. I thought he was
4: moving to Pittsburgh. I heard that. He is moving here. But
2: he's living in Chicago right now, and I guess ostensibly has Bears sources, and said this about the fields to the Steelers
1: thing. As a person, I can tell you Mike Tomlin's a fan of Justin Fields because, like, intangibly, he's the exact player that every coach, but also, like, Mike Tomlin specifically, he's first guy in, last guy out. He's got a great attitude. He's the hardest-working guy in the building. Like, it's, you'll hear all of that. I can also tell you, here's our Super Bowl, you know, scuttlebutt, some people in the front office are also, apparently, are also fans of Justin Fields is what I've heard.
2: So front office people like Fields. Is Weidel? that, is that
1: white code for Widel?
2: Is that Omar Khan? Is it both? Why is PFF Brad saying these things on the Yin Snowball podcast and not, on and the not fan when he goes show. on with Crowley? Is
1: Crowley not enough of a ball knower? Is
2: he back to, like, the Tyler Kennedy-style questions where he's not asking Brad Spielberger So, Brad, right when you things, gave out that
1: great grade one time, has it all been downhill since? Doran's on that show. Does Doran not know ball? Well, I don't even know if it's a ball thing as much as it is just not What do you maybe do? having the right... you got to ask the right questions to get the right maybe answers. Maybe Spielberger's
2: not comfortable with them like he is on the Yin's No Ball podcast. Here's a,
1: here's a question, too.
4: Tyler, you, I was oh uh, thinking about your Penguins career yesterday as I was preparing for the show today, and has it all been downhill since the Game 4 tic-tac-toe goal you scored against the Red Wings in the 0-9 Cup Final?
3: Explain that. What do you mean,
4: downhill?
1: <laughs> Crowley's, old. Crowley's setup is so lengthy. He has so much time to think about his next words, and he comes out with one of the worst questions <laughs> in history. It's not like he just spit it out because he was nervous. He's, like, pacing himself. He said, so, yeah, and then extremely offensive Well, comment. I guess if
2: the Yin Snowball podcast is paying Spielberger, yeah. and he's not just a guest on there, if that's his podcast, hmm then he should save his best stuff for there. True.
1: But if they're not paying him... Come on, got to I would us. be
2: pissed if I were Crowley and those guys. He's one of the
4: two on there. He's a host. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I okay. guess that, that means
1: save your best
4: for them. It's Spielberger and uh, John Ledger. Okay, so what I don't get then is,
2: is this a, is this a maybe a situation where they didn't do their homework and he said this on there and then they didn't follow up with it on the show? So it's now the timing I'm intrigued by. The timing of the head bobs, yes. And, you know... But on Spielberger, maybe his take ownership, he should say to Callus before he goes on, hey, I've got some scoopage. Maybe on... he tried to, but Callus was in the bathroom. I still can't get over that. Fifteen minute crap where he played fifteen minutes of commercials in a row know, instead dude. of doing his <laughs> show. I know. What's happening in there? It's just I hope there's a doctor listening right now who can who's hearing that and is gonna call in to cr- to call us on the early morning show and it's, say, "Hey, man, you need to get checked out. You need out to here. do something about this." Yes, because if
1: you're in there for all 15 minutes actively going and not like sitting there on your phone, which is a whole different re- you know version of bad, you've actively need that much time. Something has gone dramatically wrong in the i mean g-
4: given the circumstances you would hope that he's not screwing around on his phone that's almost a worse look that, it is it, it, it's a, i mean that's a capital offense here
0: that's a mortal sin we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof